Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Today on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, I'm pleased to have Jim Elif. Jim is the head of Christian Communicators Worldwide. I first met Jim when I was in seminary, and he came to speak. He was there with... Uh, author from England by the name of Ian Murray, and so we met briefly then. He probably doesn't remember that, but we reacquainted (laughs) through Facebook not too long ago. I've been following his ministry, though, ever since then. He also helped start a church or started a church in Kansas City some 21 years ago or so. He's married to Pam. They have three grown children and seven soon-to-be eight grandchildren. So there's his vitals. There's his stats. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim, welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Mm. Hey, thank you so much, Brett. It would surprise you if I did remember, wouldn't it? Yeah. After all those years I was there, but that's great. That was a great experience. Wonderful. Well, Jim, as yeah. we do so often with our guests here on Sound of Truth, what we like to hear first is their conversion testimony, because we never know when people are going to be listening to this and don't know Christ yet. And we want okay. to expose them to yeah. stories of how Christ transforms people's lives and saves them from a Christless eternity. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit Absolutely. about your upbringing. Bringing. I know you're uh, part of a family yeah. of preachers. Yeah, there are lo- lots of preachers, lots of people in the ministry and very of various types. Yeah, my grandfather was in the ministry, my father, and all three of the boys, and my sister married a pastor, or crusade evangelist, actually. And then, um, so uh, we've, we've all been uh, active in the ministry for just everybody I know, it seems like, is in the ministry when we get together as a family. And it's running on down, I think, about the fourth generation. So, wow. And very and thankful Jim, you, for that, y'all. Just to clarify, I, uh, the major teaching point that I'm always bringing out, we, we in our, our background, we both have a background in Baptist life, and we say in the ministry. We're referring to vocational ministry because, as you know, know oh, right. very well, Ephesians right. 4 says that every believer is right. in the ministry. So Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Yes, I was I was converted, uh, Brett, when I was in grade school. You know, I was in the home. I had, of course, a great background to know a lot of important, significant details about about Christ, and and was converted then when I was very young. And I have, through the years, believed that that was a true conversion. However, when I knew more about myself uh, and knew more about the Bible in college. I felt there was a, quite a radical transformation in my life. So if I find out one day I'm really converted, I was really converted when I was in college, it won't, it won't be sad to me but, um, at all. But at this point, I still felt like it was an early conversion. And I had the privilege of just having good nurture, you know, really not very sincere parents. And the brand of Christianity was not hypocritical or I mean, we actually, I think that's evidenced by the fact that we wanted to go into the ministry, felt like God was calling us, allowed us to do that. You know, we just felt like it was a very genuine thing in our home, mm-hmm. uh, very, very real to us. So, yeah, I went to, I went to college, and in college, there was a, a somewhat of a movement of the Spirit, actually. We were, we were beginning to understand that God is powerful. This was during the, around the Jesus movement days, and the first part of that, and a lot of us were learning things about the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. how to rest in God and expect God to do things. And that that really uh, spoke to me and a few friends of mine, and actually it began to touch, I think, uh, hopefully partly through us, but then also with others, it began to touch several lives there on the campus. And we found ourselves doing things that we had never thought we would do, like praying overnight or 
you know, just really, uh, uh, you know, spending time talking to people about Christ. We knew very little. I actually was surprised how little I knew. And when I think back about what I knew, it was very little. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, God was pleased to actually use that time in my life uh, and, and I hope in the life of others. And uh, it was a really beautiful time. When I when I started school, I was already committed to go into the ministry until I got and called me to do that. And I mean, the preaching ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I began to do that. Back then, there were, uh, this is, you know, roughly 100 years ago. <laughs> uh, I was, I, they, you know, they, they had what they called uh, youth revivals. And uh, that was just something that was ubiquitous, you know, <laughs> going on everywhere. And mm-hmm. I got in on that. And that was a great training ground for me. And I traveled all over Arkansas, you know, about Arkansas and uh, every little town in Arkansas. I seemed like I got an opportunity to be there. And we'd have just a team of people maybe and go over and I'd I'd give my handful of messages that I had, and God really, really used that. And just, again, it was an incredible time where the Lord was doing, I think, some special things. Went to uh, seminary, went to—that was at Washtenaw Baptist University in Arkansas. Then I went to uh, Southwestern uh, and spent four years there. But during my whole time at Southwestern, I was actually itinerating. So I was was speaking about 40— times, 40 different meetings a year, I, I would go out to Love Field, which is the only airport, and fly off every weekend and uh, got to be in some incredible churches and, mm. and see God do some amazing things. It was really, a, again, just a powerful time. It, I don't, you know, I've studied quite a bit about uh, revival and awakening and so forth, and there, there was something different happening then. So got to be part of that, uh, see a lot of beautiful things that God had done lives that he had changed. So I did that all those four years and was became intensely evangelistic. I mean, just could hardly pass somebody without talking to them about the Lord. Or, you know, I, I remember even uh, refusing to get a full tank of gas because I wanted to stop at various filling stations, you know, Is that right? <laughs> in order to talk. I mean, yes, it was just, we were just uh, several so very of intentional, us just really strategic, very intentional, yeah. very intentional. And Again, we were clumsy, and uh, but maybe more sincerity than skill. But you know, the Lord was in it, and I, I learned a great deal. I was rather decisionistic in that time, but very sincere. If you know what that means, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, let me let me, a, let me clarify yeah, that for folks yeah, okay, when you're sure. saying decisionistic. What you mean by that? It was it, it, back then. It seemed mm-hmm. especially there was a lot of emphasis mm-hmm. on if I could just get this person to pray this prayer, the sinner's prayer. Well, then exactly. that shows that they're a Christian. And mm. a lot of us have grown kind of, I don't want to say more mature, although I think that would definitely apply even in our denominational background. There's a lot of recognition yeah. now of, you know, mm-hmm. recognizing the role of the spirit in this process and not just assuming that if they said a prayer that they're now saved. So Yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that became a, a huge burden, burden of mine for over the years. And while I was uh, at, at the seminary, I read through the book of John, and I asked myself the question, what's the gospel invitation in the only book here that was written specifically for evangelism? Right. And uh, I found, you know, 90-something times the word believe was used, and that nowhere in that, that whole thing did invite Jesus into your heart show up. And uh, the verse we normally used for that was didn't really mean that. And so right. in uh, John one twelve, and so I was really 
struck by that. I mean, that was just a firsthand, directly seeking the Lord experience. Now we talk about that relatively often, but I wasn't hearing anybody say anything like that. And uh, I was sort of leading, I had some leading opportunities to kind of be an evangelist. People, you know, with the experience I'd had as a young man, some of the younger men were looking at me. And so I was I was able to um, convey some of that to people, what I was learning. It, it greatly affected my life. It didn't did not make me less evangelistic. It did make me struggle a little bit about how to talk to people about their response to the gospel. But I, I soon learned how to talk about believing in Jesus. In fact, I went around to seminary students and asked them, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? And I didn't get any really good answers <laughs> because we were so trained, you know, to uh, get to a critical point and say, will you invite Jesus into your heart? And uh, so I had more experiences uh, along that line and, and uh, even even some overseas experiences where I, I just began to really have less and less confidence that this could possibly be the right thing to do. And of course, unfortunately, the denomination that was I was in was just loaded with people who didn't even have enough interest in God to come, but they'd all prayed that prayer and mm-hmm. walked an aisle mm-hmm. and so forth. So I was, I was, I really thought I would go into mass evangelism at this time. I'd been asked to speak at several larger events for various states and so forth as a young man, and and maybe because in that as I was transitioning, I was just had been pretty good at altar calls, if you know what I mean. Again, very sincere. I'm really sincere. Right. I, I don't think there was a bone in my body it wasn't sincere, but just not ever hearing anything different. And, and but what, as I begin to get, yeah, go I ahead. Could, yeah, I'll just interrupt you yeah, a no, second and say, absolutely. What I don't hear you saying is if someone's listening and that's how they remember their conversion. That doesn't. Right. You're not. You're not saying that their conver- conversion wasn't no. real because oftentimes people no. were genuinely repenting and trusting in Christ to save them through the process oh, no, of so. praying a sinner's prayer. But what you are saying is yeah. we want to make sure we are careful not to replace repentance and faith in Christ with just the prayer yeah, itself. Exactly. exactly. The tool, not, we don't put our confidence in the prayer, a right. prayer, uh, but in the Lord actually through repentance and faith. So, yeah. Mark. Mark one says, "Repent and believe the gospel." That, that's what Absolutely. it is. And uh, the sinner's the prayer kind of became a tool that eventually, mm-hmm. in many cases, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, is you just say this prayer and you're mm-hmm. in, and they don't even emphasize repentance or faith. Yeah, yeah no question about it. It's in the back of the booklet. It must be true, right? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, with that background, as I went into a pastorate, I began to be able to apply those things. And in the, I was in a, an initial pastorate with my brother. We co-pastored a church in Little Rock area. And now, then is I this went to uh, Bill? Bill, Bill, okay. the younger brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, he was headed off to seminary, and I continued there. Good things happened. Many people converted, actually. But we were, learn- we were not following the old way, you know. Then I took another church across the river in, in North Little Rock, and God really uh, gave us a just I just felt like God was visiting us. It was almost atmospheric, and I'm, I'm not a mystic, really, but I really have to say the presence of the Lord was felt in that place. Mm. And, uh, for instance, in the last year, I was there just three years before I went to an, another place, feeling that God had charged me to go to another place in Florida, in fact. But great things are happening. Church grew very fast. And uh, the last year, I think there were about almost 70 people converted and baptized in the church. And we didn't have any plan for, we didn't have any evangelistic plan at all. 
It was just happening. God was uh, working. And these were mainly adults. And uh, we were just baptizing these new converts. There was every Sunday night, and there was a lot of joy. It was, you know, I, I, could, I had to say, this was really a work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. going on. And, and uh, that was very encouraging to me uh, to see that. We have to believe the Lord works, don't we? Amen. Uh, the Lord can do things if he wishes to in different seasons in different ways. In spite of us. <laughs> in spite of us. Always, yeah, he That's always right. condescends to our uh, weakness and misunderstandings, doesn't he? Always. <laughs> Uh, you know, to do his will. Well, hey, let's take a quick break, Jim, and then we'll pick up your story in just a moment. I guess this week for Sound of Truth Weekly interview is Jim Elif. He is a pastor in Kansas City, Missouri, I'm assuming, but I guess it could be Kansas. That's right. That's right, Missouri. Okay, the Missouri side of things. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best side, mm-hmm. right? That's the best side, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> He's also the head of Christian Communicators Worldwide, a ministry of discipleship and evangelism, I'm assuming. Is that how we describe it, Jim? Yeah, we travel and we write. And the Bible teachers, really three of us are Bible teachers mainly. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Jim's been telling us his story, talked about his conversion, his upbringing, and his call to vocational ministry. And last thing we heard was how the Lord had really moved in church. He was pastoring in North Little Rock, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. The Lord took you to That's Orlando correct. from there. Is that correct? Took took to go over here to the Sunshine he did, State? Yes, absolutely. I was there a few years, right, in Orlando and uh, made some wonderful friends and learned a lot. You know, during that time, I learned so much uh, about church life. Uh, mainly from a difficult church. It was a really hard situation. The great faithful people stood strong, uh, and people were converted and grew, yet it was just a very, very difficult situation for us in several ways. And we're thankful for it because of all we learned, really. But one of the things that happened during that time was uh, I just just been thinking about our situation in a building that seated several hundred people, but only when I went there, at least just had 150 folks, and it had really struggled. It was really way different than the church I'd come from, which was uh, a few times larger than that and had been really solid. So. I thought that I could come down there and just sort of transfer, you know, the things that I had learned from Arkansas right into that church, and we'd just be going and blowing, you know. But it wasn't so, you know. But I I do remember thinking, uh, at least at first it wasn't so. I remember thinking that, man, this building, uh, this building here, if we if we were just to start right next door, you know, it would it would be so much easier because you know, we were just sort of strapped to this building. Uh, in our case, there was a bond note it due every Friday, and we we always lacked enough money to meet that bond note. And during the week, God would bring it in. It's tremendous time of faith, trusting the Lord. But we start was it four hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars or two hundred dollars we need by Friday? You know, for mm-hmm. to pay that thirteen hundred dollars something bond note every week. They had just been strapped. And everybody that gotten them into this debt for this great building wasn't there anymore. I mean, just one or two families were there that had done had, had done that. And so we were really under 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 things there with that debt. And God allowed us to actually pay that debt off and pay the balloon note, which was the whole thing was probably 
equal to a half a million dollars. And these are all working class folks. It was a real miracle time mm-hmm. in our sense. In our in our belief, I mean, it was, it was it taught us a great deal about faith. But we also learned about just church life and just thinking through this, what would be better, you know, than the way we're meeting, these, this, especially with those faithful people. What would be better if we could meet a different way? And I wrote down exactly what we're doing right now in our church many years. I mean, about three and a half or four decades ago. Uh, I mean, before, excuse me, three and a half or four decades uh, before we started this church. I mean, I've been in the ministry a long time, 50-something years. We actually wrote it down. It was the beginning of our marriage. We wrote it down. I've still got that piece of paper, and mm. it's exactly what we're doing now. Is that so? And when the opportunity came, yeah, the opportunity came sometime later. We were just able to step in and knew what God wanted us to do, and it was informed by the Scripture and open doors. Everything just has gone um, beautifully uh, since we began to do what we now feel like is more of a biblical approach to church life. And, not, you know, we're excited about everybody's church. I mean, I travel all the time and, and in different churches. We're, we're always excited about whatever God does, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, and all of us are not are in the path, on our journey. Right. But— but yeah, we just, you know, God had really shown us a lot of things. And when you have these convictions, you just, you don't want to act like you know everything. You don't. But you have responsibilities to live by what we become convicted of. And we were able in the form of things, even though we had the spirit of things with some great people there, we were able in the form of things eventually to start something that accommodated the spiritual growth of people much better in our view. And, and, and we thought it was, it was biblical in its approach uh, with things that the Lord was as, is showing us to do in the now, Scripture. this is something you started not in Orlando, but in Kansas City. Yeah, so we have more time in churches. I went back to Little Rock, at North Little Rock, and helped with a new church there. But it wasn't about this kind of thing. Eventually, I was traveling again. And I spent a lot of my time faithfully in the church and helping as I could, but I was on the road a great deal traveling, still itinerating. It's been most of, a lot of my life has been itinerating, but often. And define uh, that for, just for folks, church. I'm familiar with that term in, in our, you yeah. know, in yeah. our yeah. lingo yeah. and uh, in pastor yeah. talk, but for the average lay person out there, and uh-huh. I hate the word lay person, I still find myself using it, but. Uh, right. But, yes, um, right. Yeah. For, for, you know, John Doe that's yeah. in the pew and just been a Christian for a couple of years, itinerating, what's he talking about? Just on the move, uh, I'm moving from one place to the other. Not literally moving you, your home, but rather you're you're a speaker in just churches, going, yeah, yeah. flying to one place or another, and and uh, trying to meet the needs. Uh, largely, our work, you know, we started a ministry sometime after leaving Orlando, Christian Communicators Worldwide, and we began uh, just a small ministry, intending to keep it small and not uh, be more organizational than active in the mini- in our ministry. So we're Bible teachers, and uh, though we do a lot of things, we love evangelism, but our main work is in Bible teaching. And so we're traveling, teaching people how to study the Bible is one thing we do a lot of. Um, mm, we call good. them Bible, intens- Bible intensives, teaching them how to really get into the Bible. So it's been an exciting life for all these years, and we've just been every place. I think I've been in 40-something countries and almost every state in the Union wow. teaching. So we have really had a busy, busy life, and uh, there are three of us now who do this ministry. We write to and have carry out a carry on with a couple of websites okay. as well, and write books. We're writing several books now. Before you know that we distribute free of charge. Yeah, so by the way. go ahead and let our listeners know a website that they can go to, a URL that they can type in to, to yes. find what okay. you're talking about. Right. 
Yeah, could I give you two? Uh, Absolutely. The church, the church is ChristFellowshipKC.org. ChristFellowshipKC.org, all one string, of course. And then the website for our ministry is CCWToday.org. CCWToday.org. Okay. A lot, lot of information on that website. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.